Lisa Lanier, she's our official attorney of this program. She's the uh, president of Lanier Law Group, joins us every week at this time for Lawyer Up. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? I'm fantastic. I hope you guys are. Doing well, thanks. Lisa has told us multiple times that when she was taking classes in international law at UNC Chapel Hill, she sat in the back of the auditorium and played the board game Battleship. And because, classic. Classic Battleship. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Do your kids play now, too, Lisa? <laughs> yeah, they like it a lot. Yeah, it's still, it's still a favorite of mine as well. well yeah, exactly. Game of strategy. And that, was the most, yeah. that was the most boring class on the planet. Right, I just, right, okay. To my credit. To my credit, right. the teacher just, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> let's take you to Germany now. Ach du Lieber. They should have made your law professor in that class wear one of those wigs. Yes. Yeah. That, makes, yeah. that makes it a little more fun. A powder exactly. wig. Yeah. Uh, see if you think this would fly. Yeah. I can't believe they did this. It, would it fly in the United States? There is a guy who has been working from home in Germany during the pandemic, and he recently got out of bed, and on his walk downstairs to start working at his desk in his home office, he tripped and broke parts of his back so he filed an insurance claim through work that said he was commuting from his bedroom mm. <laughs> to the home <laughs> office and the court in germany agreed with that and made the insurance pay through work the work insurance had to pay his medical bills because he was commuting to work by walking down the stairs would that fly in the united states lisa what do you think I don't think it would fly in the United States because we don't cover commuting under our workers' comp laws. Germany is actually, they were the pioneer. They were one of the first first countries to ever have a workers' comp system. It's known as the German Statutory Accident Insurance Plan. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, it's very effective. They have uh, great results. Uh, most, most employers have to contribute to it. They have a 90% return to work uh, ratio. But they cover commuting, which is, uh, in the United States, we don't cover, it's not considered a workplace accident if you're commuting. You have to actually be in a situation where you have sort of clocked in, Mm -hmm. and then you had to, like, drive to a client's house or a patient's house or something like that, or drive to make a delivery. You have to actually be in the course and scope of your employment. So, But in Germany, they cover the commute, always have. And so what they're saying is, look, it's the same as his commute. Like, he was headed to his desk. It's the same as his morning commute. (laughs) Yeah. But so, but that would cover you if you felt, you know, getting on or off a train. Yeah, yeah. That's I or guess the so. train yeah. wreck. In Germany, they will, in Germany it's covered. Yeah, absolutely. Or if, or if you're on your driving on your way to work and you get in a car crash, in Germany that's covered, not in the United States. So oh, unreal. That's so, literally foreign to us. Yeah. We have no concept yeah. of that whatsoever. Insurance ain't gonna cover that. Yeah, we're not cover that here. No, we don't do okay, that. David started on yeah. Germans and insurance. Jeez. Oh man. <laughs> Two things Dave hates most: insurance and Germans. <laughs> Old Germans. <laughs> Old Germans. <laughs> He's okay with new German. Old Germans he can't. Yeah, Saint Paul girl. She's fine. God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The wall. The pre-wall Germans. God, Dave. That's so true. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> that those are the two things right in your crosshairs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even like schnitzel. <laughs> no, I know. You've commented on it many times. Now, a couple of uh, celebrities in the news today and lawsuits against them. Taylor Swift is the first. She had a huge hit song called Shake It Off seven years ago. But now, and since then, by the way, about uh, five or six years ago, a lawsuit has been filed by guys named Sean Hall and Nathan Butler. They wrote a song called Players Gonna Play, which came out in 2001 by JLW. And they're saying that their lyrics, play is going to play, hate is going to hate, are in the Taylor Swift song and that she took it from their song. Now, it's been in and out of courts, but now what's been decided is that a jury will decide whether or not she stole 
parts of this song. We have both songs now. Now, what I'm reading is that a judge now has said there's enough similarities that this, this needs to go in front of a jury here. The lyrics are too similar. Biggie was saying earlier that he thinks, look, a lot of people, the, the slang, the vernacular has been for the last 20 years, play is going to play, hate is going to hate. So it could come, you know, both could use it. Do you think Taylor's going to wind up paying these guys who wrote that first song, Lisa? What do you think? Well, she certainly is um, in more danger of that than she was when this case first hit. So these guys filed suit back in 2017. And the court dismissed the case and said that these are just common words and you can't, you know, you can't monopolize these common words with a copyright. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what B was saying. These are phrases that are commonly used. Yep. But they appealed and the appellate court has said, no, 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 I think that there's, you know, this is for a jury to decide mm-hmm. if that was a copyright violation. So they've sent it back. It will go to a jury for trial. So oftentimes when that happens, the celebrity ends up settling out of court to avoid getting possibly tagged for some huge amount by the jury. And what they have to show, the original, the 2001 uh, folks that originally did the song uh, that are claiming the copyright violation, they have to show two important things. They have to show that Taylor Swift had access to this work mm-hmm. prior to writing her song or to producing her song. And they also have to prove then that her work is substantially similar to theirs. And I think, you know, I think the, the second one there, I mean, it does, it does seem pretty similar, mm-hmm. um, but did she have access to it? Because... They put out this song in 2001 when she was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I'd never heard of this song before. I had neither, and, yeah. And if she testifies and can, you know, can show that she had never heard this song before, and it's, like Biggie said, it's coincidental because it's a commonly used phrase, then she wins. Mm-hmm. But how, well, I think that might be the case. I think she's going to. But how can you prove that? You know, how, how can you say, well, I never heard it? I haven't, and it wasn't a huge hit. It, it went to number 89 in the Billboard Hot 100. Right, yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Check it, 81, excuse me. Well, I don't think. I think you could just say, look, I was 11. I never heard this song before. And as Biggie said, play is going to play. Hate is going to hate. I yeah. say it all the time. He says it constantly, you know. Yeah. What's it going to take to make him go away if you got to settle? Well, is that the question? Would If you were Taylor's lawyer, Lisa, and you were giving her legal advice, write a check. would you say write a check or would you say hang on, hang in there? You know, if you could get the uh, other folks to agree to a reasonable amount, I think the better thing to do is to definitely settle it. Because, you know, I mean, she could end up, like you said, they could, the jury could decide, hey, you know, we don't believe you that yeah. you had no access to this yeah. song because you were, a, you know, you were, she was a pretty young mm-hmm. person when she started performing and so they're probably thinking you know you listen to all kinds of music you probably heard this and just copied it Say what and, and if music is her life that. clearly music is her life i mean at eight, <clears throat> at age 11 you know she was consuming the radio well, Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, true. Right. but it's a, not a big hit i don't know but if she, she bought their cd it would be on there but it's a lot easier stroking right. a check one time than having to give percentages yeah on this song for god Forever. knows how long that's her biggest hit isn't Shaking that what the 
penalty would be I if, guess. If, if Taylor's guilty? Probably. And it'll be used in movies, I'm sure, and commercials. I mean, she's it already has been. It'll be around. Many, yeah. many times. I'll tell you this, though. Taylor will go to court. Remember that uh, DJ yeah. that uh, grabbed uh, her on the butt up? She's not yes. afraid of the courtroom. Oh, yeah. She'll get in the courtroom now. She's not afraid. Yes, she won't back down. Uh, we have another celebrity. It's not even a lawsuit. I just wanted to see if you think it ever could be. Uh, the story takes place in Italy. So, you know, oh, we're boy, here behind, we go. behind, oh, behind the eight ball. Again? In, here we go. International again. Uh, oh, my gosh. In 1997, Sting and his wife, Trudy Styler, bought a vineyard in Tuscany. In a new interview, Sting claims we were tricked into buying this vineyard. We considered legal action, didn't know if we had any. The seller was a man named Duke Simone Vincenzo Veluti Zati di San Clemente. Oh, yeah. And Clemenza. (laughs) Of the Sicily Clemenza? Right. According to Sting, he and Trudy (laughs) Styler were touring a vineyard while on vacation in Tuscany. And the man that I just mentioned offered him a Chianti from the estate. Mm. Sting took a sip of it and said, I want to buy your vineyard. Okay, right there. He's like, I'm buying your vineyard. After having one glass of wine from it. So they made the deal. He bought the vineyard. After all of that, he realized the wine that he was served was made in a different vineyard entirely. Mamma mia. And when he tasted the wine from the vineyard he just bought, it was swill. <laughs> awful. Awful. Terrible. So Terrible wine. He said the guy had played a trick on him and 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 sold him a fugazi. Totally <laughs> sold him a fugazi. Now, after he said this, the son of Duke Simon Vincenzo Velutizati di San Clemente says, "My father lived until 2012. You never made this claim until after he was dead. So, in Italian, you pulled a bubble multiple." Right. Which is a Tuscan expression that means dishonoring my father after he has died. Oh. So the son is upset. Don't anger an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lisa, <Manocchio. laughs> you, let me ask you this, Lisa. You know Bupkus about foreign law, but if you did, would Sting have had a lawsuit on something like that? Or would this kid have a lawsuit against Sting for claiming his father and pulling a bobo morto, as we say? Is there any yeah. lawsuit to be had? Yeah, so actually, Sting needs to watch out what he says about this guy, because in Italy, they take defamation very, very seriously. It is a crime mm-hmm. punishable by imprisonment. It's not just a <laughs> civil claim oh, for no. damages, but it, and the penalty is worse if you defame a dead person. So they take this Baba Morto stuff oh, really oh, seriously. Baba Morto. Oh, no. <laughs> just keep the property, so Sting. So if I, yeah, if I'm Sting's lawyer, I'm telling him to zip it and zip it fast. No because, kidding. Yeah. That's well, interesting. Now, he, yeah. Yeah. now he's not going to be able to sell it. Well, now, he, now he can't unload the property. Listen to this, though. Since then, that's 20-some years ago. He bought it in 97. Since then, he's torn out all... Everything in the vineyard. New winemaker. Redone it, hired new people, and he says now he makes excellent wine on that vineyard. All right. Hmm. But he just said in an interview, you know, this guy sold it to me. on mm. It was a bill of goods. He he totally faked me on that, and that's why. I mm. But he said, I considered a lawsuit, but instead of doing that, I made better make wine. Make it better. Made better I'll Make wine. it work. You talk about my papa, huh? Yeah. Oh, God, mm. this kid is really upset. As oh, yeah, yeah. He needs to watch out because they take it really seriously, especially some foreign person coming into Italy and talking bad about the dead father, you know. But what Sting was trying to do was toot his own horn about how hard they toiled to make this winery turn around and, you know, go from terrible to wonderful. But I think he needs to reframe his success story a little bit before he ends up in the slammer. Well, they live there part-time, right? They do, yeah. 
Yeah. So I just assumed. Who Poor Sting out there cutting vines all by himself, yeah. <laughs> tearing down the vineyard. <laughs> right. You know what I heard about Building Sting? Building barrels. Somebody, yeah. Somebody, He's a cooper. Sting was here recently doing like a show. Yeah, with a symphony. Yeah, with a symphony. Yes. And uh, somebody went to that show that I know and said Sting was really funny. He talked about all his songs and all the writing of it and everything. And he was really charismatic and funny up on the stage. And uh, he had always thought of Sting as being kind of a stuffed shirt, but he was not at all. Yeah, his persona can be a little aloof, I think, at times. Yeah. But he seemed, maybe he's kind of embracing his yeah. stature. And I mean, he's 70. Yeah. Biggie always compares him to you, Chris Dem, for being, you know, aloof and uh, yeah. not wanting well, to live in Tuscany and drink wine. Right. And that's all he wants <laughs> to do. You never have been a big Sting man, have you, Biggie? Uh, I like the police. <laughs> right. Was the same thing. I thought Sting was mm-hmm. stuffy. Yes. You know, I thought so. I kind of celebrated when he bought the bad winery. You know. <laughs> <laughs>